Hi, welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. I'm Shannon. And tonight we're talking about heaven. Yes, uh, what a it's a wonderful topic. It's a loaded topic. It's an interesting topic to get into because well, we've never been there. There's so much we don't know, but there's so much we do know. And I've wanted to talk about this for a long time, but it is also a little bit intimidating since we've never been there. Yes. And I will confess that, and I just confessed this to you earlier today, in 2006 I had a hysterectomy, and I actually prayed that I would like die for like two minutes on the operating table so I could see heaven, but it didn't happen. Thankfully. So, yeah, That's so, a strange thing to pray for. I know. I even asked a friend to pray that, and she said, no, I'm not going to pray that, Jane. Yeah. And um, uh, There was a recent survey done, and 80% of Americans believe that there is a heaven. Hmm. 80% believe that. There's an unfortunate reality there is that less than 80% believe in Jesus. But 80% believe that there is some sort of heaven, and most of them, if you ask them, they will say, I think I'm going. I hope I am. Mm. I hope I'm good enough. Well, in the Britannica, which they used to do it in encyclopedias. Uh-huh. I don't know if they still do them. I doubt it. It's an online encyclopedia yes. now. Um, I just got from an article about heaven. When I looked up heaven, it says a des- uh, there's a desire to recapture lost intimacy with heaven. No, let me start that A degree to recapture lost intimacy with heaven suffuses the literature of the world's religions. And I really think that that's the the yearning of each human who wants to be intimate with God. We want that connection, even if we don't know what it is. Right. We we long for that. Yeah, and I think I think heaven is in its full circle way. Heaven is is what God intended in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We messed it up. Yeah. But that was His intention from the beginning, and through Christ we have the opportunity to return there. Here's but, a. I think you're right. I think every we were created to be there, mm-hmm. and as such, we know we're not quite home yet. No right. matter where you are, yeah. No matter how wonderful it is where you are, or you know those times when you go and sit by the ocean and watch the seas roll in, or go into the mountains and see the see the majesty of mountains, or or just that long, deep green valley that you can see somewhere. All of those places are wonderful. And you look at them and you just you realize that, that as God's creation, they are just gorgeous. And I think what that is in each of us is this desire to get back to the place where all is beauty mm-hmm. and back to where God is, is with us, He's present with us. This is what I thought was a quote, but actually I wrote it. It says, Heaven isn't ghosts and clouds. It is a solid place. Very and much so. that is one thing that I wanted to bring up, that it is a solid place. So I kind of, I did a quick thing about some things that are in heaven, so it shows that it's a solid place. Isn't it strange that in our popular culture, like, oh, they think toilet paper became an image of heaven? Yeah. White oh. cloud toilet paper the, with the little angels in a, in a halo and, and, a, and a harp sitting and on a cloud. And cream cheese. Remember those cream oh, cheese? Oh, cream cheese commercials. Yeah. Uh, people just had this strange picture of heaven being just floating around in the clouds. And, and plain harps. Yeah. And being like a ghost. Which, none of that is, is biblical whatsoever, in any way, shape, or form. Okay, I want to list a few things that are in heaven that shows there is no way it's just like ethereal, 
Is that how you say that word? Ethreal. Ethreal. It's yep. not just like some little filmy place, yep. okay? And Isaiah 11, this is just in Isaiah 11. Mm-hmm. And I love that chapter. Go to that chapter, Isaiah 11, one of my favorite chapters. Okay, here are the, one, here are the things that are in heaven, <coughs> just in that chapter alone. Wolves, lambs, leopards, goats, calves, lions, little boys, cows, bears, nursing children, cobras, vipers, mountains, rivers, skies, water, seas, the earth. That's and just there. You missed the one I like the most. It comes out of Revelation. Well, I, did, um, I was in Isaiah 11. I know. When you go into Revelation 19, and it talks about Jesus coming back. Mm-hmm. And says, Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. So there's horses. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his hand are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, are following him on white horses. Yes, there are horses in okay, heaven. Okay, well, see, which, if you looked, that was one of my next ones. But also in that chapter, there are weird, fantastical creatures full of eyes in heaven. You know, one has a face of a lion, and they are covered in eyes, which sounds like really well, crazy looking. The, the passage I, I took from the Bible that um, makes it... The most concrete statement that it exists in its reality mm-hmm. is in John 14. In John 14, too, Jesus says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. What I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many rooms. What I have not, what I have to, not told you. So we're gonna, he's preparing something perfect for each one of us? But Jesus says it exists. Yes. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I go? Right. I have another one I like. Okay. Revelation 5.13. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Everything talks. Animals, creatures, trees, flowers. I just think that's amazing. Everything could talk. I agree. Um, well, what that tells us for sure then is that heaven is a real place. Mm-hmm. And it is a place of um, solid variety and wonder and all the things you can possibly imagine are present, which is an amazing thing in and of itself. Oh, what about Malachi 3.10? talks about the windows of heaven. God mentions that. So there's windows in heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, something filmy couldn't have a window. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead to your next point. But I think the other thing that we, we, we fail to do in our desire for heaven, mm-hmm. we have a tendency to want to put a picture in it. Yeah. We want to find a, a concrete model of what heaven's going to look like. And all these things that we read about in the Bible give us slight glimpses. Yeah. But there is no way that you can go through the Bible and tell me exactly what heaven is like. No. It doesn't exist. And the that, reason that, that description the description exist. cannot yes. exist to what it really is. Mm-hmm. And Second uh, Corinthians two nine says, "But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him." Wow. 
no heart of any man has ever imagined it. Yeah. It's going to be beyond our, our, our imaginations right now. And we can imagine an awful lot of neat things, but we will never be able to fully grasp heaven until we are face-to-face, Well, until we are present. I will say, I'm trying to find it. Oh, I've got your other one, too, that you like so much. What's that? Revelation 22. Oh, I love this. That's, that's another favorite chapter of mine. Jane loves, Jane loves this chapter specifically. Because it says, Then the angel showed me the river of, of the water of life, brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and, the Lamb, and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Hmm. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life filled with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. There you go. Jane just can't wait to eat heavenly fruit. Twelve Ooh. kinds of fruit yielding each month. Each month. So there's going to be, yeah, they talk about fruit of the month club. There you go. There you go. <laughs> now I have one, Paul, okay. who's trying to be humble, but he says, I know a man in Christ, 2 Corinthians 12, 2, who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven. Now, I did go, you know, I did look up, and this makes perfect sense to me, the mm-hmm. third heaven. There, so the question is, there's levels in heaven. But uh, this is from gotquestions.org. Yep. Many, oh, did you get the same thing? No, many, go ahead. Okay, many ancient cultures, people use the term heaven for different realms, like the sky, outer space, and then the spiritual heaven. So when he says the three levels of heaven, he is talking about where God is. The heaven we're talking the heaven, about. Yeah, now. the heaven yeah. Where, where we go when we die. So... And even in the beginning, it says God created the heavens and the earth. And God put the stars in the heavens. So when you hear the, the generic term heavens, it is talking about the sky, but, the part of it, and the outer space. But, but we're Paul, talking about the... But Paul, when he wrote that, had to di- differentiate and discern because the word heaven was used in many ways even then. Right. So he had to discern what he was talking yeah. about. I, thought, I think it's interesting, too. Paul wrote in several places that... Um, that yearning for heaven was so great. Mm-hmm. He said, I, I'm torn mm-hmm. between doing my work here and wanting to be reunited with God. Mm-hmm. And I, I can imagine Paul, um, with all the trials and, and tribulations that he went through, was probably in a place where he could have just given up and died at that point. And that was appealing. Mm-hmm. But he also knew he had he had work to do here. So and he, he was... A benefit to everyone here. I have another misconception of heaven that we need to erase from the world. Heaven is not boring. No. Some people think heaven is boring. At least, at actually, one of our children has talked to me several times, saying that she or he doesn't want to go to heaven because he or she thinks it's boring. I said, no, it's not boring. I read an excellent article on uh, BibleStudyTools.com. The name of the article is Heaven, What's It Like, and Where Is It? Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, they don't have an author posted. Okay. But he mentioned five things that will occupy us in heaven. Okay. Number one, we will worship without distraction. Okay. We'll serve without exhaustion. Meaning we'll have jobs to do. We'll have things to do. Yep. And we'll enjoy those jobs. Yes. Um... Imagine being an astronomer and being able to go to all the galaxies. Yeah. Imagine imagine if you were a botanist and you get to study all the flowers in heaven. Wow. Or imagine if, like me, you're a horse person and you get to, you get to work with the heavenly horses. That's going to be amazing. You know, all those, all, 
take your take the occupation that you love, and imagine how how well you could do it and the, and the the joy that would come. But you would serve without exhaustion. Number three, fellowship without fear. Mm. Everyone who is there has passed muster. Everyone everyone there is absolutely a believer, a believer and is removed of sin. That's amazing. so no one's going to lie. Mm, praise the Lord. There will be no tears. Praise you know, the, the Lord. The Bible says in Revelation twenty twenty one four, there will be no tears in heaven. Um, the fourth thing it says, you will learn without fatigue. Ooh, that'll be fun. I am a lifelong learner. I, I love, love to, learn. to discover new things. I love to find new things. As I as I age here, as I get a little older, I start feeling time kind of ticking a little bit faster because there's so many things I'd like to learn. Yeah. I'd like to have a dozen lifetimes. I don't need a dozen lifetimes no. because I can go and do it all in heaven. And the fe- the fifth thing that is mentioned by this author in this article is he says, you will rest without boredom. Complete rest. When there is time to rest, you will rest and be happy to rest. And I, I understand. I, I've heard our, our child say that same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the concept of... of being a zombie when you're in heaven is what some people think. Yeah, and sleeping on a cloud and just living on just clouds. Just sitting around, singing hallelujah. And, and wearing a robe. There is so much more to it than that. And yeah. like I said, it's beyond our imagination. But with all the things that are there, there will never be boredom. Right. But we will have a sense of peace that will come over us and we will be able to rest. I want to read from uh, julianfreeman.ca, which is Canada. Uh When Jesus talks about heaven, he is not concerned with what it will be like, but rather one, how you get how you get yourself in, and two, the fact that it has begun now, and we are called to live in light of that reality. The kingdom of heaven is within you. The kingdom of God is among you. So it's right now. Well, and the concept there is simply the fact that um, we were separated from God by sin, and God sent His Son to reunite us and give us that opportunity to go back to Him, through Him. And Jesus told us when He was here on the earth, He said, Lo, I am with you always. Mm-hmm. So reunification with God, Jesus being part of the, tri- the Trinity, is reunification with Jesus. And if Jesus is within you, then you have heaven within you. Mm-hmm. That is, that's that concept that, you know, the heaven on earth thing is the fact that we can experience part of heaven with our connection with Jesus right now. Acts 1.9 says, I'm going to go 1 through 11. Okay. And after he had said these things, he's Jesus, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was departing, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them, and they also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into the heaven. I share that because Jesus is in a, uh, he's in a body. He's in the, a resurrected body in heaven right now. So he's there in a body. So, I mean, again. It will be a physical right. a physical thing where you will physically be able to, to look Jesus eye to eye and, and put your arms around him. He'll put his arms around you. That never ceases to amaze me when when people think of, of heaven as being something that's not worth their time. What, how it's amazing would it be to never age, 
to never be short on time, Mm -hmm. to never be sick, to never lose anyone, and to have all the knowledge of the universe laid out before you and you can spend the rest of eternity looking for it. And I think that... A lot of times I think people... I don't want to say this wrong, but they value life so much... On earth, you mean? That they forget about eternity. Mm-hmm. And they, they're so afraid of eternity that they don't want to let go of the life that they have here. So if it doesn't measure up to what I have here, I don't want it. And that's that's so sad because they're missing the point. And the point is that we are returning to where we were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's like finally you go, oh, I'm finally home. Right. This is home. I want to share, and I wish I had looked up this quote from C.S. Lewis, and I believe it's in his book, and I wholly recommend this book. I don't think you've read it yet, and it's just a small book. It's called The Great Divorce. Right. And that's it's about, on my list. It's about yeah. heaven and hell. Oh, and it's yep. just kind of like a, a parable or whatever, but I love that book. But in that uh, book, or in the introduction, I think it's in the introduction that he writes to the book, he says something like this, and I know it's not going to be eloquent like he writes, but he said that when we get to eternal life, heaven, mm-hmm. he thinks, or when you get to hell, he thinks that the time we have on earth, since it's so short, that it will feel like the beginning of heaven or hell. And everything, like we're in heaven, it will color all our time that was on earth when we're in heaven. And we won't, there won't be really much of a a break, actually. It'll be just like we started life in heaven while we are on earth. Hmm. Uh, How Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is within us. And how we can live in eternity now when we live right in the present and enjoy God, enjoy people, love God, love people. Not that you can't think about the future or remember the past. Those are just fine things. That's why God gives us memory and God gives us uh, imagination. But we need to learn to live right now loving Jesus and people. And, oh, I wish I had that quote. But it's just a... I think when we get to heaven, if you know Jesus, you got to know Jesus. He's the door to get in. All you got to do is believe in him. Believe he died for you. Because... Um, sin requires a blood death, a perfect blood death. And the only one who could do that was Jesus. So he did that for you. All you got to do is say, okay, I accept it. Okay, so when we get to heaven, I think when we do look back on our time on earth, we'll realize how small it was. Even if we live 120 years, we'll realize that that was just a blip in time. And really, I think I've always thought that when we get to heaven... Life here on earth will be inconsequential, I guess, mm-hmm. with the exception of the fact of Jesus' life himself. Mm-hmm. And the understanding that all of this led up to what we got. You know, we, we, are, we are strangers in a strange land. We are, we are wanderers in, on this earth. And when that time comes and we finally get home, we'll realize, oh, yeah, I was just... That was a trip I was taking trying to get here. That's yes, it. I was yes. born and I tried to get here. And I will say, too, because, see, this is that thing when people say, are you going to heaven? And people say, I think so, because in Jesus you can know. 
heaven is not a reward like for mm. doing good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be some people in heaven that you didn't really like on earth, but they they trusted in Jesus's gift of salvation and believe he was the son of God. So they got to heaven. It was just they accepted his gift I like how of you said salvation. Heaven is not a reward. It's not something you can earn. Right. It's not something that you attain to. Um, it's not something that, you know, you should not. I don't think we should seek salvation just because we want heaven. I think we should seek salvation because we understand who we are and who God is. And heaven is a direct result of that. Mm-hmm. It's what happens because God wants us back with him. And, you know, a fear of hell should not necessarily be enough for someone to say, well, I'd just rather take the other side. But, you know, it's not right. like picking a team. Although I, I understand that, yes, that that desire to be reunified with God could be seen also as that. But um, I just, I think sometimes people put so much emphasis on heaven that they miss the grace that God gives us to bring us back into that. And that's really what God wants. God wants our hearts. And when we give Him our hearts, we, we truly give Him our hearts, that's when our, our name is written down in the book of the Lamb. Yeah. But I do think that now someone listening to this might have accepted Christ because they are afraid of going to hell. Mm-hmm. I think if God can get us to accept Jesus' gift... Um, no matter how he, we accept it, he can give it, bring us into full truth then. True. You know, maybe someone accepts Christ because they know their spouse went to heaven and they want to see their spouse again. And but it's not as simple as you're on a fork in the road and you decide which way you want to oh, go. Oh, no. That's no. not, that's, you it's not. And, and I think that's that concept of I think I'm good enough. Yeah. I think I cho- made the right choices. There's only yeah. one choice, and that's Jesus. Yeah. You know, no and one comes with the Father except through me. I am the, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father right. except through me. So what that means is Jesus is the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. And if you don't go through Jesus, you can't get in the gate yeah. of heaven. That's and I will say, some people, because to do that, you have to humble yourself. you got to say, I can't do it. And I think some people wish, well, they think they wish, that they could earn their way thinking they can earn their way, but no one could ever earn their way into heaven. But then it would be them doing it to earn themselves into heaven. But we can't ever be good enough to earn ourselves into heaven. You have to be absolutely perfect. That means not one stray thought. That means not one grumpy look. That means not one wrong word even accidentally said i mean it means absolute perfection and no one but jesus christ has ever been perfect no one i want to take this in a different little okay yeah angle. go for it um in this article that i read it had a really um a neat thing he, he recommended a book that i think we should look into getting ourselves here what's that it's a thousand and one bible questions answered oh, okay. by william pettingill and r.a tory um but this is a this is a William Pettingill was asked these questions and these are the you know these are the common questions that he got and one of the questions he asked will we know each other in heaven hmm. and his answer was we may be sure that we shall not know less in heaven than we know here hmm. mm-hmm. 
And uh, he offered uh, 1 Corinthians 13.12 as proof of that. He says, Now we see, but a poor reflection is in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be one of those situations where, yes, we will know each other. We will know each other even more than we know each other now. Mm-hmm. And all, all the deceit and the covering and the fear and the shame and the guilt and the sin will have been stripped away. Mm-hmm. You know, in in, in uh, Genesis, the once Adam and Eve sinned, they put on the outward clothing yeah. to cover themselves. And I think in our lives, we have a tendency to have all sorts of coverings. Mm-hmm. We guard things. We cover things up. We cover up our heart. We don't share things with each other. We don't share our thoughts. We don't share our hopes and our dreams. We don't share feelings, our emotions. All of those things will be open. Oh, that'll be and so safe. wonderful. It will be safe to share yeah. and it will be safe to receive that from someone else. And I think um, when we look at these questions about, you know, is this going to be in heaven? Is that going to be in heaven? All those things are going to be in heaven. I just fall back on those two things. Number one, we're going to see it in reality. Mm. And nobody's ever imagined how wonderful it is. They can't. So that concept, and we know that there are crowds and crowds of people. It says a city. Uh, there are a multitude of people, all the believers from... From every tribe and nation, it says. Yes, all the believers who have ever lived. And I, I would add to that, um, this is me personally, and I know there's other theologians that think this as well, um, the unborn babies. Oh, yeah. The babies that die before a, a point of decision in their lives, and those that might be... Uh, mentally incapable of ever accepting Christ, Mm -hmm. God takes those. That's just grace. Mm -hmm. That's just loving grace. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, we've talked about so many of these other things before, but I think we need to understand that all of this is based upon God's love for us. All of this is because God loves us. And He has never been able to give us the perfection that He wanted to give us here on earth because of sin. Mm Mm-hmm. But when that sin is removed from the equation, then we get all the perfection that the creator of the universe wants us to have. Mm. And he wants us to have it. When he made the Garden of Eden, when he, developed, when he uh, made all the animals and the fish and the, and the birds and all those things, he turned to Adam and said, these are for you. Mm-hmm. Name them. Mm-hmm. You know? He gave all his creation to that creation. Mm-hmm. And I, God has always wanted to do that. Yeah. And he's just waiting for us to come back to him in heaven, and he can say, here you go, mm. all of it. It's I open, w- it's free, it's yours. I love the thought, though. We could just have totally honest, joy-filled conversations with each other. That is one of my favorite things to do. And there are people, I would love to have some just really great conversations, but... You know, there's emotional walls put up, and, and it doesn't happen. But when you do, when I've had really good conversations with other people, that is such a joy. And I would love to be able to do that with absolutely every single person I ever come in contact with because it's just, that is like heaven on earth, when you can have a real heart-to-heart conversation and people can be open and honest and vulnerable. Like you said, no fear of being vulnerable, and we can do that in heaven. And the way that Dr. Pettengill finishes the, his answer to mm-hmm. that, he says, not only will we know more than we know now and know everyone, 
But he says, everyone in heaven is someone we will know. We will know everyone. Mm. And all of them will be friends and loved ones to us. Wow. You know, um... Gosh, we'll get lots of hugs. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because the author brought up this, this passage, and I thought it was interesting. Okay. It says, in heaven we're going to know each other intimately. That's why Peter, James, and John ah. recognized, Moses, recognized Moses and Elijah. Yeah, because I always wondered, how did in the world they knew Even though they had been dead for hundreds of years on the Mount of Transfiguration. They knew them. He says, yeah, they weren't wearing name tags. Yeah. But they knew immediately who they were looking at. I always wondered that, but that makes sense. Because they were seeing the heavenly bodies. Yeah. And they and recognized it's like, them. obviously, well, obviously that's Moses and Elijah. Right. And I, no I, think that's, I think that's an interesting way of looking at that. I've that never is. thought about that before. That is. It's just like, obviously, of course that's Shannon. Of course that's... Oh, I'm so excited. We have a daughter who lives in heaven, and uh, Maggie. And I'm so excited to see her all full. When she died, she was only, she was almost 12, only 47 pounds, and she was just, she was not well. And in heaven, she's going to be full of life and full of health and joy just radiating out of her. And I think we'll see, and I don't know if she'll be older in heaven, but it won't matter because I think we'll do that. We'll go like, obviously, there she is. Yeah. That's who she was meant to be on earth. That's who we're meant to and be on earth. And in the same way I, I think about Hawken. Yes, our son Hawken. And our son Hawk is going to be 21 here in September and uh, has never really spoken at all. He doesn't. He can't, can't. can't walk, can't talk, never crawled. But in heaven he will be full and complete and capable of absolutely everything. And I just can't wait to hear what he has to say. Oh, that'd be exciting. I can't wait to hear what Hawk to has to say. To see him full and healthy and and strong and being able to shout. The worship, the best worship service you've ever been to in your life is going to pale in comparison to the worship in heaven. Yep. And that's going to come simply from a realization that we are with God and the understanding that we made it. We are with Complete God. Complete love. Yep. Complete acceptance. And Wouldn't com- it be great to experience that right now? And it's 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 something that we really have a, we struggle with here on Earth. We struggle with that concept of acceptance. We struggle with that concept of of uh, truly honest conversation, honest sharing, honest mm-hmm. feelings with each other. We always have to take into consideration maybe they'll hear what I'm saying wrong, or maybe they yeah. won't understand me, or. You know, even when I'm giving sermons, I always think, you know, did everybody hear what I said or did they think maybe I said I meant something else when I said something? What a wonderful gift it's going to be from God that we can just have those honest conversations and no one's going to end up getting hurt over them. But there have been moments, and I think that is what the church is. We're a small little slice of heaven, the church at, at large, you know, the, the the church over the whole world. And that there are times within mm. the church bodies that we do experience what heaven's like. when, And it's when the Spirit is really there. And, I mean, He's always really there, but we sense I him. love the term. What's that? The Spirit is moving. Yes. There's, when the Spirit is moving. And I have been, yeah, I've been in, in churches. I've been in concerts. I've been in other places. Um, but when I'm in a group of believers who are in the Spirit... And the Spirit is moving in the room. I, I had 
I, I got this picture in my head. Um, we went to church in, in Highmore, South Dakota for a while. And the pastor and his wife have a uh, beautiful young man who has Down syndrome. And his dad, uh, he's an adult now. His father, the pastor, is a very good musician. Mm-hmm. He can play and he can sing and he can he gets worship going, just rocking. And when the Spirit moved him, when Spirit moved this young man, he would take off and run around the church. And he would sprint around the church, running up and down the aisles. Mm-hmm. Spirit was moving. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that kind of openness and freedom, and I think that's, that's another thing. We've got to watch so much, folks, when we're in worship. Worship. Don't worry, about, Don't worry about whether or not your tone is right. Don't worry about whether you should lift your hands or you shouldn't lift your hands. Whether you should close your eyes or open your eyes. Just commune with God. That's what the that's what that's what worship is for. And you know what? When you can you, sing out of tune, and it will be a joyful noise. When you and when you are free to worship, you help others be free to worship. Yes. So lead with freedom. You lead. And worship God, and that will allow others to be free to worship God. Sometimes that's one way we can help each other. And But, you know, there have been times, and it's not even during uh, so-called official worship where we're singing or praying mm-hmm. or whatever, but there have been times when we've been in our church family, and I just sense the love there, mm-hmm. and that feels like heaven. That right. We have a really loving church body, wow. and, of course, we're all imperfect, and and doesn't mean we don't have problems. But there are times I just just know that we love each other and we love Jesus. And, and I remember that's, once that's the, that's the point of it is yeah Jesus loves us so much, and God loved us so much. Jesus died for us, and that common denominator of Jesus, that connection mm-hmm. with Jesus, is what brings us that feeling of heaven. I do want to say, if you're listening to this and you don't have a church home. You need to get a church home. If you haven't found a church you feel comfortable in, well, then start your own. But, I mean, you need we need other believers, and we need to fellowship with them regularly, and we need to worship with them regularly. I mean, the Bible says that. And, of course, I have my own relationship with Jesus, but we are meant to be in community. And, right. and you need a place where you can be yourself, and you can grow spiritually, and you can encourage other believers. And that's especially as our world obviously is getting crazier and crazier this is not a time not to have a church home and mm-hmm. I ha- and and think of it as a church family right it's not a program you need to find where it feels like a family it's a preview it's a preview of heaven and that's exactly what it's meant to be and god has said you know where two or more are gathered in my name there i am and that is a that's a command God wants us to be in fellowship with each other as well. Iron sharpens iron, men. We are meant to be growing. You know, um, I heard something that was kind of a profound little statement here this week. They said, a com- the, your comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing grows there. Mm, that is good. Until you step out in faith and honesty and vulnerability, um, you're not going to grow and and. Churches really help with that. It helps you be honest and humble and grow. We have a beautiful church with very loving people, and I would, I would really, really love it if everybody had that same experience. But I want to, I want to end this yeah, tonight. We're, we're wrapping around here a little bit. I want to end this tonight with just an invitation to you. 
if you're listening to this and you don't know for sure that you're going to heaven, if you don't know for sure that Jesus is your Savior, if you don't know for sure that God loves you, then you need to get into the Word and you need to see what He says about things. Get into it for yourself. There's no way that I can tell you enough or Jane and I can tell you enough in a half hour on a podcast. But Jesus can. And He will speak to you. And He will come to you. And He will wrap His arms around you. And He will explain it to you. So that when you accept Him and you find that peace that passes all understanding, you'll know it. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to come to the Father is through me. Um, that is an absolute statement. You have to go through Jesus. So and, if you don't know him, seek him. And you can just say, Jesus, I want to be yours. I mean, there's no magic words. It's just you speak yep. to him and just say, Jesus, I want to be yours. And there's please no, forgive my sins. no formula whatsoever. All it is, just is, believe in him. is a 100% surrender. When you surrender it all to God and you give it all to Him and you and don't hold back, give it all to Him. When you surrender to Him, He will take you in His arms and lift you up in ways that you can't even imagine. And that's a great song. I can anyway. only imagine. Yeah, yeah, that is a wonderful song. Yeah, look good it up movie on too. YouTube. Yeah, it was a good movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. God bless. Bye.